say, yo, excuse me, miss. Go against me, I'll beat like Swiss. I like my paper nice and crisp. Ugh. Crispy, clean, and crisp and clean. For the dough, I go nuts like Krispy Kreme. Music is in my belly jeans. Can no one ever come between? Yeah. Don't worry about me, I'm doing good, I'm doing great. All right. It's about to get good morning. Welcome to Crime Talk BK. We're your hosts, Joanna Perpich and Megan Duffy. Good morning. How are you? Uh, oh, so for posterity, uh, we're going to do this like the NPR Politics podcast. This was recorded on uh, February 1st, and we're in the middle of a blizzard. 13 inches of snow on the ground so far. How has your uh, work from home, always work from home, snow day going? I have just, you know, just like any other goddamn day. Get up, pour some coffee, read the newspaper, start work. Nine Zoom calls today, literally back to back. I kind of missed the snow day, you know, like, oh, office closed today, stay at home, yeah. watch TV, right? Like, that's kind of the drag. I definitely felt a little um, like I was missing something from my life, especially since during the meeting, my boss was like, happy snow day. Oh, wait, we all work from home now. Uh, but I had to go to the pharmacy because... Um, I ran out of my super secret stash of Tylenol <laughs> that I like squirreled away in the living room. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm just like, all right, <laughs> got to stock up. Right. And uh, so Ashton and I uh, trekked to the pharmacy. We went to actually a further one near the park so that we could have some more time in the snow because we're both from the south and snow brings us great pleasure. And um, it was pretty fun, mostly because he kept on hitting me with stuff snowballs, so I pushed him into a snowdrift. <laughs> Deservedly so. Yeah, as we all know, I'm from Minnesota. I take no joy in the snow other than looking out the window in the morning when it's not plowed yet. It is pretty. I'll give you yeah. that. But I don't want to go out in it. And by the end of the day, it's been plowed and dirted over, and it's just not as pretty as it used to be. So, uh, what type of crime have you found this week? Um, I wanted to talk about NYPD guy named Carmine Simpson. Okay. He, he did some really shitty shit. And I want to talk about the new NYPD proposals that were dropped last week. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about uh, our Brooklyn serial killer. Got it. Those mm-hmm. are really great things for us to talk about. Mm-hmm. What did you got? Uh, oh, my. Um, so I'm continuing with my trend of doing, like, miscellaneous weird crime. Uh, well, first off, <clears throat> um, the mayoral elections mm-hmm. are coming up. Mm-hmm. And we actually have a deadline um, this February. So I was going to talk a little bit about that. And then... Uh, <laughs> I have a caper. Ooh. And then um, an illegal leopard, I think. I assume yeah. I assume someone's living it in their apartment with it. Uh, no, this one's dead. Oh. But not like animal abuse dead, just like normal dead. Like, uh, like taxidermy and, dead. Yeah, like taxidermy okay. dead. Okay. And then. You don't let me give away my. Uh, I just need. I'm ready. I just need to know. I just need to know. And uh, then, <laughs> I have 
it's not even a crime. It's just weird. But basically, there is this guy that was, like, living with his mom's dead body. I read that. The headline, though, not the story. I mean, the headline really is the story. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know how you, what you do from that. And I'll, like, read the headline to everybody uh, when I'm going through it. Uh, But, yeah, I clicked on it. And I read it, and I'm like, where's the punchline? Like, what's going on here? And it's just like, no, that's exactly. It's like uh, Grey Gardens. Although Grey Gardens did not do that, but they were a little bit nuts, too. Um, Yes. I don't know. (laughs) They're also iconic. I still need to watch that documentary. I love referencing it, but really, I'm just referencing Documentary Now's version of Grey Gardens. No, you have to watch Surreal Grey Gardens. I feel like it's going to be sad. Uh, it is iconic. And there are some parts of it that are hilarious. And there are some parts of it that will make you uncomfortable. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. That sounds about what I was expecting. Yeah. Oh, boy. All right. So uh, do you want to get started? Or what do you want first? Huh? What do you want first? Oh, uh, well, I want the serial killer. <laughs> okay. Um, so it was it came out last week, right before we recorded last week's show, that there was a serial killer in our midst in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um, so police arrested... Kevin Gavin, 66, um, at the Brownsville's Carter G. Woodson Houses, which is a NYCHA complex, in on Wednesday mm-hmm. for he is suspected of murdering three elderly individuals um, in the building. Um, He resided in the area and gained access to his victims by posing as a friendly, helpful neighbor, often offering to run errands Uh for those physically impaired. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, Myrtle McKinney, who is 82 years old, is suspected to be his first victim. She was found on November 9th, 2015, in this, yeah, it goes back a ways, inside her apartment by a health home health aide. Um, but the cause of death wasn't immediately clear until there was a postmortem and they discovered a stab wound at the left rear of her neck. Oh. Mm-hmm. So that case has been sitting open for a long time. Mm-hmm. His next victim is... Uh, Jacalia James. She was murdered April 19th, 2019. Also found in her apartment with suspicious wounds around her neck. Um, same building. Um, and then uh, so she was lying face down inside of her apartment by her grandson. Mm. who had uh, seen her earlier in the night around seven and he returned home four hours later. And she was, she was on the, she was on the floor. And then um, 
There was the third victim, Juanita Caballero, was found dead by her son last two weeks ago now. She's 78 years old. Um, He came to spend the weekend with her and found her inside of her apartment lying on the floor with a phone cord wrapped around her neck. The investigation is still preliminary, but officers suspect that there were arguments over money because uh, said errands. Oh. Yeah. You know. That just feels so, I mean, on top of him being a serial killer, that feels very predatory and, like, elder abusey. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, he's got prior arrests for involving drugs, burglary, weapons, mm-hmm. possession. And cops say they are investigating a fourth murder in the building, but so far they have not been able to connect it to Gavin at this mm-hmm. time. I mean, this sounds kind of... <sighs> I don't think they're going to be making a documentary about this guy. Like, killing four people in the same building? Yeah, old ladies. Old ladies! Um, poor things. Sounds awful. It's awful. Well, it's awful. I hope he goes away for a very long time. Well, he, was, he said he pled guilty to one of them. Um... But I'm sure there'll be more charges levied against him in the coming weeks. I would keep an eye out for that information. Uh, Yeah. Not great. Not fucking great. And Because he didn't even live in that building. Mm. He lived in the area. Yeah. Don't let anybody in. Never let anybody into your building. Oh, my God. My building's front door doesn't lock. Ah! Oh, God, no. Thankfully, everyone's pretty, like, tight-knit. You know? Yeah. So people know who's supposed to be in here. Because <coughs> um, it's, like, a, it's like pretty small. small you know, we don't have very many apartments. But uh, still, I'm like, oh, boy! <laughs> That's awful. Um, yeah. Yeah, we, we even had a memo. This is a big building. And we had a memo posted. Don't let anyone into the building. <laughs> That's not supposed to be there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess theoretically our door does lock, but you have to, like, fiddle with it to get it to lock. So, for example, if there's, like, someone creepy following you, like, half a block down you can, like, slam the door behind you and it'll be okay. Um, But people, like, put, like, paper in the thing so that it won't close. Why do they do that? We have, like, a family on the first floor that uh, just has, like, a bunch of, like, kids who are kind of, like, middle school aged. And I think it's just maybe that, like, the kids don't all have keys or something. Well, there's you don't your have answer. To tell me this. Get them some fucking keys. Make him wear my mom used to make my brother wear it around his neck. He still does it to this day because he loses keys all the time. Really? That's day. great. Yeah, he's 45 years old and he's still losing his keys. <laughs> Unbelievable. I have a basket that I have to put them in or else I'll never see them again. I have a, a vintage ashtray that I put them in when I walk in the door. Oh, that's cute. Mm-hmm. 
uh, yeah, safety. <laughs> yeah. Lock your doors. It's not the Midwest in the 50s. Fucking lock your doors, dude. Just drives me crazy. Um, so which one of mine do you want to hear about? Maybe the, de- we- the, the dead body guy. The dead body guy. Yeah. Uh, all right. So this one's kind of sad. Um, but basically this guy named William Weddle, or maybe Waddell, he goes by Bill. Bill Waddell is a small-time actor uh, who appeared in It Could Happen to You with Nicolas Cage and then Crimes and Misdemeanors, which I thought was kind of funny given the uh. show. Anyway, um, so he spent about five days living with his dead mother's corpse inside their home. Um, on West 23rd Street. And uh, his mother, Agnes, died. She was 95. Uh, now, like, the weird thing is is that um, Bill also died, like, four or five days later. And uh, both bodies were found at the same time during a wellness check. Oh, that's sad. Um, they found him, like, in bed. He had some, like... Tylenol next to the bed, so that they think that it was natural causes. Um, but the headline that you saw that you were referring to and what drew my attention to this was, quote, Chelsea actor may have used Febreze on mom's corpse before dying himself. That so is the one. That is the one. <laughs> you can't yeah. blame him. Can't, maybe he was just ill. He thought he'd get feel better and deal with it later or... Maybe he knew he was dying or, I mean, like, there's no, re- there's no way to know. Um, well, they found a bunch of bottles of Febreze, like, scattered throughout the apartment. And I'm like, okay, so he knew that things were bad enough that he was able to get his hands on presumably several bottles of Febreze. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you not, like, call an ambulance or go to the doctor yourself? Yeah. And it's funny because when I first saw this headline, I'm just kind of like flashback to who's that one guy who was like really obsessed with his mom? Oh, um, Ed Gein? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and I, I was expecting it to be like maybe he had killed himself after her death or something. And they're like, natural causes. And I'm like, huh, this that is weird. Doesn't make any sense. Like, you think this is kind of weird, right? Oh, yeah, that's totally bizarre. Although, you know, he didn't make a woman's suit out of her like Ed Gein did. Oh, no, no. Okay, so <laughs> let's not, like, slander this poor man. Uh, but it just seems very bizarre to me that his mom dies. He keeps her body in the apartment with him, and then he dies within, like, a very short period of time. That's what I mean. Like, I wonder if he knew he was dying. Yeah. And... People act really weird, too, when they're dying. Yeah. I don't know, maybe he could have... He could have OD'd on Tylenol. Yeah. You have to take a lot of it, though. Yeah, well, not if you're already frail. Yeah, I guess that's true. He was in his 60s, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. But still. Uh, so I'm definitely going to uh, keep my eye on this and see what happens. Mm-hmm. I guess it could have been suicide. Scores of empty Tylenol bottles were discovered in the home. But who knows? Uh, apparently, he also was known for excessive drinking. Mm. Uh, well, I mean, me too, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, like, do people, like, call, like, report you for excessive drinking? No, no, that's that's why I said that. I was like, that's not really a detail to me. Like, a lot of people do that. Big deal. No, but it sounds like uh, cops had previously responded to the home several times regarding his drinking. Or are we talking like a, a domestic violence situation or are we just that's talking? Literally disturbed? all it says, we uh... should tweet this New York Post reporter and demand the details. More details. <laughs> this is insufficiently fact-checked. They fired all the fact checkers. Every news agency ever has fired all the fact checkers. I should know. I tried to become one. I was like, I please hire me. And they were like, we have interns. Not like the New York Post specifically, but just in general. Mm-hmm. No fact checkers. Fact checking is a thankless job, unfortunately. It shouldn't be either because it's one of the most important parts of reporting. I think it's re- kind of fun. It's just like, you know, putting pieces of the puzzle together and making sure everything matches and but um, sometimes people like get really truthy and you're like you can't say that <laughs> and I feel like the bad guy we're just gonna gloss over that <laughs> it's like can you please like cut this out of your movie I don't think this is right <laughs> anyway um, yeah so uh, that's like my hot take of the day was um don't keep bodies in your apartment. It scares people. It makes people very uncomfortable. Um, as I've said repeatedly, I will be found dead in my apartment with my facial features chewed off because my cats will have gotten hungry. Just, just text me when you think that you're about to get <laughs> it and I'll <laughs> scoop the cats up. <laughs> what if I go in my sleep? Okay, I guess they're allowed to eat you if you die in your sleep. I'll just give you a login to my Nest account. You can just keep, like, peeking in every once in a while. You haven't heard from me all week. Just be like, she's still, okay, she's upright. Uh, <laughs> it's, I don't like this. <laughs> this makes me uncomfortable. I'm sorry, it's okay. I have, morbid, I have a morbid, twisted sense of humor. I used to be, and I don't know what happened. I was yeah. Asking- I was my friend Pat about this because I was telling him about like the Night Stalker documentary and then I'm just like I used to have like a much higher tolerance for like fucked up stories and then somehow I've like lost lost it maybe you've just hit your limit I think that like being out of like super hardcore journalism has kind of had an effect Mm-hmm. Yeah, like when I was doing like investigative reporting, um, there's like a certain amount of like messed upness that you just kind of like calibrate yourself towards. Mm-hmm. But then I haven't been doing I've been doing more like human interest type stuff recently. 
and everything is I mean there is still some stuff that's serious but for the most part stuff's like more inspirational right and um now when I see fucked up stuff I'm like oh man not cool <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm still at, I'm still waiting to feel that. I'm still watching all the dark shit. Although I, you know, the thing is, is like, I don't like, like horror movies. I don't like slasher films. Cause I think that's just gratuitous and stupid. Uh-huh. Um, and the reason I think I like the true stuff is because it is actually the true depths of where humanity will go. Uh, and that's what fa- that's what's fascinating about it. Yeah. That's interesting. I love horror movies, even like the bad ones. Oh, they're awful. They're pretty bad. Give me a uh, mindfuck movie, though. I like those. Those are good. Mm-hmm. Where it's not as gory and you're just terrified all the time. That's good. What was it? Planet Terror? I didn't see that one. Don't. You, you'll hate it. <laughs> this woman like loses her leg at the beginning of the movie. She's only in the movie for like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. She loses her leg at the beginning of the movie, and then she reappears in like the last 15 minutes to save the protagonist. And she has a machine gun for a leg. Oh, that was uh, what's his name's movie? That's Rose McGowan, isn't it? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that's a yep. Is it by the people? Is it by the people who did Shaun of the Dead? No, hang on. Um, We're all typing this up so that we can. Yeah, Rose McGowan's in it. Yeah, it's um, uh, it's a Grindhouse movie. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I did see Death Proof, which is its sister movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway. Um, yeah, Planet Terror is, like, as gnarly as it can get. <laughs> hmm It's, like, really, really bloody. <laughs> oh, I love this. So, I googled machine gun leg. Yeah. Did <laughs> it pop up? What, yeah, right away. But then one of the results was how to make a machine gun leg. No. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not what you. Yeah, I don't. I don't really need to know that. Death Proof has a, also has a killer soundtrack. Um. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Where were we? Yeah. What's your next? What's your What's your next story? I this is to... a very distracting episode. I'm sorry. It's very 2021. I can't keep my train of thought. Um, I'm going to talk about this fucker police officer from Long Island named um, Carmine Simpson. He's 26, lives with his parents, red flag number one. Okay. Uh, He was arrested on child pornography charges on Thursday after he repeatedly posed as a teenager online to to request and obtain sexually explicit photos, videos from at least 46 minors. Oh, my God. Yeah. This article is from the New York Times. Excellent reporting, by the way. So, um, court documents say a number of things. First of all, he used Twitter. He used WhatsApp. He used um, Skype. He used Discord. He used all like all kinds of apps. 
um, the he told people he told these young people that he was 17 years old. The victims in this case were between the ages of 13 and 17. Mm-hmm. Um, in some cases, he sent a picture of himself, but he applied a filter making him look younger. Yeah. Um, that's so, so fucking disgusting. He frequently asked his targets to write lewd phrases or maybe his name on their bodies in marker. Oh. Mm-hmm. Requested images of particular sex acts. One time he asked a 15-year-old to choke herself with a belt. Oh, my God. He frequently mentioned that he likes to incorporate guns and knives into sex acts. Quote, you would look amazing with a knife held to your throat. Unquote. Mm-hmm. That is... <clears throat> Fucked it's like, up. Even if he were in high school, even if he were the same age as these kids, like... That's. Mm-hmm. You need to understand yourself a bit better before you get into kink like that. And it sounds like these kids were groomed and pedophilia. There is like a whole list of stuff going on here. Oh yeah, I mean he's a serial killer in the making. Just and so clear. And he's a cop. He joined the force in 2018, uh, and he's been working in the 70, 75th precinct in East New York, Brooklyn. He's one of more than half a dozen officers who have been charged with sex crimes against minor in the past two years alone from that precinct. Oh, my God. Yeah. One resigned from the forest after his third arrest on charges of sexual misconduct with children. Third arrest. Still working as a cop. Do people not see a problem with this? I don't fucking know. What does the police union think? I I always wonder. They will defend somebody to the death. And I'm like, these are not good people. No. Why would you want this in your department? Yeah. Uh, his lawyer, of course, declined to comment. Uh, at the arraignment, he said, uh, Carmine has never been convicted of a crime and is not a flight risk. Okay. Why? Because he lives with his mom? <laughs> okay. Because he can't afford it? Because he lives with his mom? But also, like, how does he not afford his own apartment? Like, the police actually pay you okay. Anybody is a flight risk. Anybody can be a flight risk. Yeah. Well, and when he's done so, as such severe level of harm. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm all for... Um, trying to keep people out of jail for as long as possible while people wait for their court date. But, like, it seems like this is, like, a pattern of behavior. This is not a victimless crime. It's not like he's, like, selling drugs or something, doing drugs, you know? Uh, You'll be happy to know that he has been suspended without pay. Great. Mm -hmm. Good, good, good. 
Um, I guess when you have a pedophile in the department, it looks kind of bad. Yeah, should have just fired him. Get caught. Should have just fired him. (sighs) Cool, cool. Well, he uh, sent sent a picture of himself looking younger. I think that's bulletproof evidence that he did it. Yeah, and that he knew that this isn't appropriate. Yeah, and I don't think he should be working at the police department. Mm Mm-mm. Hi, Beulah. Beulah's making her appearance. Yeah. She screamed at me because I wasn't going to sit on the couch. Oh. Um, well, do you want to hear about the uh, the heist? Yes, I do. <laughs> All right. So this is, again, from the New York Post. And this headline was, Armed Robbers Tut Manhattan Resident Doorman in Home Invasion. Which New York Post usually has great headlines. I just don't think that they did yeah, it justice. That is not fantastic, Post. No, they had so much opportunity with this. I know. So basically, um, this group of four guys, uh, in my mind, they're all dressed in suits. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just me. Um, they like follow this guy into his apartment complex and it actually sounds like because they were they were armed so it sounds like they might have like threatened him with a gun or something because it's kind of like implied that they like forced their way into the building Mm -hmm. they like targeted this guy and they got through the front door and then they take the doorman point a gun at his head it sounds like they actually beat the the doorman up pretty bad Mm. and so these Four guys. They leave one guy outside. Well, you gotta have the one guy outside. Look out. Yep. And then the three of them pile into the elevator with the owner of the apartment, with of with the owner of the condo, um, and then the uh, poor doorman. And they go up to their apartment, whatever. And <laughs> this guy uh turns to the owner of the apartment and says, quote, where's the vault? What? And that's when it turned into a movie. It, I mean, they make it sound like everyone has a vault. <laughs> there was no vault. I know. That's what I'm saying. No one has a vault. No one has a vault. I didn't even have a safe. <laughs> here's, my, here's my little metal lockbox that has a chain, a coin slot in the bit, in, at the top of it. You like... I can just see it now. Him like looking at them. He's like, uh, I don't have one of those. Oh yeah, no, I know what it is. They're looking for that faux shaving cream can that they sell in the Sky Miles <laughs> magazine that you can hide your money in. <laughs> but but this guy is kind of like, I don't even know what you want me to do. Where is and the so box? they take these sheets and they rip them up or whatever, and then they tie the sheets around this guy and the doorman, and. The guy, like, somehow just magically has $10,000 that he just, like, throws onto the dining room table. And he's like, here, have this. And then his dad was actually a rare coin collector. So he gave his dad's rare coin collection, which I'm sure really sucked. Mm. And then um, they, I guess, I'd like to think they stuffed it in, like, a pillowcase or something. Like, Probably. some sort of, like, over-the-shoulder bag. That, well. And escaped. Probably just some bodega shopping bags. Um, they got away with it. 
They were last seen waltzing down Madison Avenue away from the apartment. All the way to the bank. And uh, so, of course, the owner, like, calls the cops, you know, and he's, like, talking to them. But I just think it's, like, um, really bizarre. It's like, oh, where's the vault? And then it's, like, they steal a bunch of silver coins. Mm. They're, like, tying them up with a sheet. Yeah. I don't know. Like, this whole thing is, like, the truth is stranger than fiction. You watch too many movies, sir. Like, these guys watch way too many (laughs) movies. Like, it's horrible that this guy got robbed and that the doorman got beaten up. Like, yeah. that sucks. No, that's awful. Um, but, like, the like the way that they approach this is just so nonsensical. It just... Yeah. Also, Madison Avenue. Gotta have security cameras in the building. At least one, mm-hmm. I would imagine. Yeah, it was on 82nd in Madison. Yeah. Yeah. So, nope. anyway, that's, uh... <laughs> My God. Oh Lord! Although I guess they did get away with it, so they um did something right. Well, if they're caught on camera, plus if they're walking down Madison Avenue laughing all the way to the bank, some other cameras pick them up too. Yeah, and it's like, how do you peddle like these like rare silver coins? Like this guy's dad was a um collector, but they were all from a specific region, I think, somewhere in the Middle East. Yeah. They're like hundreds of years old. Like, you can't just go to a pawn shop. No, you have a fence. Do you not watch these movies, too? You get a, you get a high-end fence. Who knows, who knows how to sell them? What are they Like, try to sell it to the Met? Yeah, no. Watch them do that because they listen to our podcast. But <laughs> you Give def- us a call. I promise we won't call the cops. I am not. Crossing. No, we want to know if you're an, if you're listening and you're a professional fence, find yourself a cool pseudonym and give us a call because we want to know how it works. <laughs> this is how our show gets kicked off. Here, <laughs> I just want to know how it works. You, it's a guy. It's basically just a guy who finds another guy who wants to buy the stuff. That's that's all it is. I don't think that stuff actually works in real life. Yeah, it does. It does, but if you have to have like a lot of money to yeah, buy, yeah, that's fair. You have to buy if you're gonna buy hot, stolen, rare goods. You have to have a lot of money and yeah. want them. You know, it's a, it's, lobby. it's a niche market. <laughs> you didn't even laugh at my joke. It was so good. <laughs> what a Hobby Lobby? Yeah. Mm. Get it? Because they bought stolen. Anyway. Yes. I hate everything about them, too. I hate everything about Hobby Lobby. Fuck that. I keep myself entertained. (laughs) Oh. That was funny. Poor guys. Poor doorman. In my head, the doorman looks like my first doorman in New York. His name was Ramon. He was from Cuba, and he wore, like, the Cuban heel boots. And he would would do, like, a little bit of samba right before his shift ended every day. Horrible. Yeah. He, he looked a little like Abel Ferrar. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. I've never had a doorman. It's not uh, nice. It's nice because they just, you know, that's they nice. Take they take your packages. They take your packages and they keep them safe. I just mm-hmm. like the idea of saying like good morning to somebody every day. Your guests are announced. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I had, there is, I was, I like moved to New York pretty recently and I was like quite young and um, my friend and I, she's from out of town, but uh, one of her buddies worked on like Wall Street and it was like throwing this big party. It was like for his birthday. So his friends were flying in from all over the country to like party with him for a week. Mm-hmm. So I got invited to a bunch of it because um, oh, my best friends from Houston was in town because <laughs> she nice. went to college with this guy. And so we had like pre-gamed at a restaurant before going to his apartment. Mm-hmm. And we were like smashed. <laughs> and the doorman is like, uh, do you know who you're supposed to be visiting? And I was trying to describe what he looked like. Mm-mm. And doorman's like, you are not allowed to come into this apartment. <laughs> And he had to come get us. And, of course, he is not very sober either. Right. And the doorman is like, he's like, oh, who are these, like, fucking 22-year-olds? And he's, like, <laughs> shaking his head, like, head and hands. Oh, I'm sure they've seen a lot worse than that. Doormans are, like, house housekeepers, like, the house staff. They know all the secrets of the building. <laughs> It's true. He's like upstart Wall Street bro living in this building. Yes, which is why if people listening, if you have a doorman building, you tip that man a lot every year. Be really nice. Be real, they know your secrets. real nice to the doorman. Yeah, because they know all your comings and goings. We have an apartment mom in our building. Yeah. She kind of does that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I've lived in, not all the buildings I've lived in have doormans, but um, it's nice. It's just really nice, you know, Your dry cleaning can get dropped off when you're at work and um, packages and and you'll just come in and if you're close enough with them, you'd be like, um, the only person I want to see today is my sister, right? So mm-hmm. there's they'll just be like, she's not home. Yeah. She's not home. It's not like they're going to be like, she's not receiving guests this evening. <laughs> it's not like that. But yeah. She's like, she's not home. I don't think anyone's ever tried to surprise me with a visit anyway. Well, not when I live the fuck out here. No. That's why I wasn't <laughs> worried about having one out here. Cause, because no one no one I know would come to visit me out here <laughs> as a surprise. Um, but I lived in Chinatown. And there, it was like on the bar crawl stop. Right. Oh. It was across the street from the 169 bar, and people were like, "We're at the 169. You need to come over." And I'm like, "No, I'm not coming. It's Tuesday. No, I'm not doing it." So yeah. It's funny. Mhm. All right, picking the nails off already. Um. So you want to hear about some NYPD reforms? Yes, especially He's- after the last one. Uh, yeah. So this is a really great report. Gothamist has been really bringing it lately. I just need to tell everybody, go to Gothamist.com. They do great reporting. Um, So the New York City Council announced on Friday that it plans to introduce a comprehensive bill package that would reduce the NYPD footprint in the city and improve police discipline and increase accountability. Okay. Right. Cool. All, all things we're looking for at this mm-hmm. point. There were 11 proposals in the bill, um, one of which was stripping the police commissioner's final authority in disciplinary matters. Yay. Ending qualified immunity for officers who commit misconduct. Also Super exciting. Big yay. Yep. Giving the 
city council the power to deny a mayor's choice for the commissioner role. I think it should be used limited um, in a limited basis, but I don't have a huge problem with it. Mm-hmm. As long as the city is not is sitting is not sitting without a commissioner for you know one term of the mayor. Um, let's see what else is there. Uh, so this it's all being introduced during the council meeting on February 11th. The hearings on the bills will be on February 8th. And everything is tied to a mandate set by Governor Cuomo this past summer requiring all localities in the state to submit a plan for police reform by April 1st or risk losing state funds. Yeah. Um, let's see. Blah, blah, blah. So a couple of council members had some concerns that the police department essentially controlled the reform discussions and were dissatisfied with the department's inability to reckon with their misconduct problems and bad decision-making, which aren't we all? Mm-hmm. But um, let's see how far this can go is kind of how I feel about it. Um, it also gives a city commission on human rights the power to investigate police officers with a history of racial bias or bigotry. Uh, transfer the NYPD's ability to issue press credentials to the Department of Citywide Administrative Services so they can't control the press corps that comes in to interview them. Um, And then it creates a new task force outside of the NYPD to respond to mental health emergencies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, it transfers the authority of investigating vehicular crashes to the Department of Transportation, which, wow, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, yes. Um, some of this requires state approval, obviously. Um, and um, the, C- the CCRB um, is going to be a little unhappy with a disciplinary problem but we don't care because they're kind of ineffectual at this point they just keep issuing reports and nothing happens mm-hmm. um so the qualified immunity thing for people who don't know what that is it's that it's the uh it shields police officers from any personal liability stemming from misconduct on the job yeah um so the bill will essentially create a city bill of rights for all of us citizens and um um Consequently, with that, civil legal actions that can be filed against police departments and its members. Um, And then, I didn't know this, but a week before this announcement, Letitia James, our attorney general, announced that she was suing Bill de Blasio and the NYPD over excessive force and misconduct during the George Floyd protest. Either I didn't know it or I completely forgot that she had sued. Um, she's a, she's looking to have a federal court court appointed monitor to oversee uh, the policing of protests in the city, move the mayor and the NYPD dislike immensely. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much it for that. Uh, I'm kind of excited about it. Yeah, um, we'll for see sure. what happens. We'll see what happens with the debate. Um, I'm hoping Cuomo 
stands his uh, ground when it comes to funding. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. This, this too, like Minneapolis is doing a lot of things this week too about, um, um, it's going to be called the Department of um, Community Protection and they're still going to have officers, but there's not going to be a chief of police anymore. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, more, yeah, there's more mental health care and they're, they're going to start new departments on, um, you know, mental health advocacy, homeless outreach, uh, you know, uh, pumping more money and resources into uh, cities, youths and that kind of stuff. So there's things are happening. Yeah, that's yeah. that's good to hear. Yeah. And that actually kind of dovetails into my mayoral candidate rundown. Yeah. As, okay. So as, tell me about this, because I have not made my choice. In well, fact, okay, so um, it's hard to even know it, who's running. New York City yeah. uh, is very heavily Democratic, so the primaries are like almost as important as the election itself. Mm-hmm. And um, of course, there's quite a few candidates who are running on a position of like police reform. Um, so, in order to vote in the primaries, you must be registered to the party that you're voting for the primary, and this is called a closed primary. Mm-hmm. And the deadline to register with a party is Valentine's Day. That is coming up. That is in two weeks. So everyone listening needs to uh, go onto like the Board of Elections website and make sure that you are registered with a party so that you can help choose the next mayor. Because mm-hmm. the last thing we need is another Rudy Giuliani. Yeah, I don't I'm not too worried about that. There's some really great candidates, though. Um, Okay, no, but it happened. It happened. He was our goddamn mayor. It was awful. Just so we're clear. Yeah, it could happen again. There's a lot of MAGA out there. That's true. Although, thankfully, a lot of them live in Long Island. (laughs) That's the point of fact. Uh, So I just picked my five favorite candidates to give a rundown. Well, I picked a few candidates that are my favorites and then a few with, like, good name recognition. Okay. Uh, So we have number one, Scott Stringer, who's the city comptroller. He probably has the second most name recognition. Mm -hmm. I like him. uh, Curbed actually did this, like, really in-depth article where they go into the policies and the resumes of every person running for mayor. Um, Scott Stringer, yeah, like, he's cool. Uh, he doesn't really have, like, a specific policy that he's going after, necessarily. It's, he's just kind of generally, like, pro-reform on all fronts. Mm-hmm. Um, he also hates de Blasio. Yeah. <laughs> and that seems to be, like, what he's more known for than anything else, which, uh, maybe is not the best, uh, political strategy for this race. Uh, I say that he has the second most name recognition because Andrew Yang Mm. has thrown his hat into the ring. The Yang Yang. I actually really like Andrew Yang. Um, His main issue is universal basic income, which I actually think is a great idea. Mm -hmm. I agree too. I don't have a problem with that. And so I think that's pretty exciting that... He um, is here, but then he got like brought up in some controversy because he was saying how hard it is to live in New York or something like that. And he lives in Manhattan and everyone knows that people who live in Manhattan are doing quite well for themselves. Um, 
but you know, I like that he's one of the younger people running. Um, I, yeah, there are also some controversial reporting this week about uh, the bro culture that he surrounds himself with. Oh, my God. Can I tell you? Mm. Um, Do tell. <laughs> so I signed up to volunteer for his campaign. Mm-hmm. And I think that everybody sounded super nice. Um, But... They used, like, a lot of, like, corporate speak. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is so bro-y. Mm-hmm. And, of course, like, everyone's, like, very sincere. I don't have anything bad to say about the way he's running his campaign. Um, I also kind of want him to win. <laughs> but uh, I was, like, a little bit taken aback because um, is there a, like, hashtag? I know. And uh, I guess I was a little just taken aback by that. Well, some women have also complained about it. Oh. Yeah. So, um, you know, it could just be political tactics, but there's usually where there's smoke, there's fire in this kind of stuff. So uh, we'll see what happens. That's unfortunate here. I'll have to read into that more. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, if you're not into Andrew Yang, there's a lot of other great people. Um, we have Eric Adams, who's the Brooklyn Borough President. You know, I kind of like him. Um, so I didn't actually realize this, uh, but he was with the NYPD for two decades. Yep. And he co-founded this group called 100 Blacks in Law Enforcement Who Care. And uh, he's like one of those cops who's like, I want to make the police force better and right. like really means it. And so he was trying to enact all this um, police brutality reform from mm-hmm. inside the NYPD, which I'm sure was not easy. Right. Uh, so now when you got uh, fucking perverts like Carmine running around. Yeah. So I have immense respect for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, of course, you know, he cares a lot about, like, racial justice issues. Um, also, um, Maya Wiley. Uh, she's a former top counsel for Mil de, for Mayor de Blasio, and she used to work um, with the ACLU and the NAACP, and uh, she has like a really stacked resume, and um, she is also pretty progressive. Uh, and then we have Carlos uh, Menchaca, who's a city council member um, for Brooklyn's 38th district, uh, which. If you don't have your uh, city council districts memorized, uh, is Sunset Park, Red Hook, Windsor Terrace. Oh, right next and, door. Huh? He's right next door. Yeah. And I really like him. So he's an LGBTQ advocate, mm-hmm. and um, he's queer himself. Uh, he also uh, helped create the um, like NYC ID program um, to get... Uh, immigrants and kind of like at-risk communities IDs. Yeah, it's great. You know? mm-hmm. And uh, so immigration reform is kind of his topic that he holds really close to his chest. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I just like the guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, all of them, aside from that little weird hiccup that Yang is facing, they're all really good candidates. But I really would like to see a woman of color. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. In yeah. the job. A woman, generally, of course, but a woman of color would be really great. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like I was saying, uh, Curb has this, like, really great article where, God bless this reporter, 
they made a little synopsis of every single person who was in the race at any one point. Oh. So at the top, they have the people who are still in the race. And then towards the bottom, they have the people who have dropped out. And I'm sure that they're just, like, updating it, you know, as time goes on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was, like, very digestible. And you can get, like, a sense for the type of candidate that they are without really doing too much heavy lifting, which I kind of like. Yeah, we're not in, really in the heavy lifting phase of the pandemic anymore, are we? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I just can't. I can't. I, I'm i lucky to to wake up and, and get through a work day. Like, yeah. The, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so who, who, who's been catching your eye with the... I have to say, I do like Stott Stringer and I like Eric Adams. I've been following their careers for a long time. Um, um, but Maya is, I really, I really would like a woman in the job just because. <laughs> um, so we'll see. But yeah. um, everybody's a good candidate for mayor. So it's going to be a hard choice. For sure. And also, there's, like, a bunch of candidates that I did not mention. So, definitely uh, do, uh, including a lot of women. Mm-hmm. Um, including a lot of women of color. Um, it's just, you know, like, obviously, criminal justice is something that we care about. And so, um, Wiley released it out to me. Cool. I dig it. I dig all of it. Do you have anything else, sir? Do you want me to go on to the leopards? Go on to the leopards. I guess it's just one. <laughs> um, all right. So this guy named Michael Marisola, I didn't even know that you could get in trouble for this. Uh, but he owns this like luxury vintage store called Cuckoo U27. Where is it? I need to go. It's in Buffalo. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'll still go. <laughs> I'll have to look him up on Instagram. And uh, actually, that's what got him in trouble. Oh. Was that? Oh no. Uh, he posted like a photo or a video or something of a taxidermied uh, leopard. Yeah. I think it was. Mm-hmm. And um, so an undercover special agent with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service really like honed in on it and mm-hmm. like I guess made a bid for it. And so Marisola sold the animal to him for um forty two hundred dollars. Mm. which is a lot for an eccentric piece to my living room. I, if I had 4,200 <laughs> lying around, though, I would totally buy it. And I have an anecdote about leopards after this. Yeah. So it turns out that this animal was 100 years old, uh, but that selling selling it, even though it's an antique, um, because it's on the endangered species Mm-hmm. It's covered under the Endangered Species Act. Um, this was technically illegal. And uh, so he actually faces up to a year in prison, but his lawyers are trying to negotiate um, a plea bargain where he would just pay a $7,500 fine. I honestly... Oh, and this is like the weird part, is, is that this is going to court in, I think, Ohio? Is that where the person bought it? Yeah, I think it must have been. Okay, so most of these laws are state specific mm-hmm. um, because this is where my anecdote falls in. I was home for Thanksgiving the last time we could go home for Thanksgiving. 
and there's a a vintage sort of pick pick a you know like a picky store like a pick store right it's got old signs and bones like jars of bones and all kinds of shit laying around and when you walk in there was this leopard rug like real mm-hmm. leopard with hot pink satin on the back oh the, cool. head, the head the tail the whole thing and it was only 750 dollars mm-hmm. and i was i wanted to buy it but i knew i couldn't transport it back to new york oh yeah so i could own it in minnesota but mm. I couldn't own it in, I can't own it in New York. That's bizarre. And I know that because the owner of the store told me that. Yeah. Well, that's good for the owner to be looking out for you. Exactly. hundred percent. I was like, that's, and my mom's like, well, you might, you can buy it and keep it at my house. I'm like, well, where's the fun in that? I would definitely <laughs> have like driven. Across. I mean, yeah, I'd put it in like, you know, you know, in the dashboard <laughs> right, of my rental car. Uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's interesting. I didn't realize that it was that controlled. Yeah. Because even like the owner, he was just kind of like, listen, I bought this at like an art auction in New York City. So I figured it was fine. I thought it had been grandfathered in under these laws because it's like so old. Guess not. Mm-mm. I was just... It kind of was like an interesting story. But I think that's kind of pointless, though. I mean, that that poor bastard, right? It's, yeah, an, it's literally an antique. Like, come on. Like, the rug I was looking at had been rebacked with the satin mm-hmm. because because the original black satin backing clearly had fallen off and died. Um, yeah. But it's an antique. The an, animal an, was probably dead before the Endangered Species Act even went came into play. Yeah, it dated to like 1933. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but it's a, and that's the thing. It's like, it's an antique. If you can, if you can provide the date prior to the Endangered Species Act, you should be able to buy the antique. And I get that they keep it stringent because there's going to be black market forgeries. Like yeah. yeah, black market forgeries. I get it, but like jail time? Come mm-hmm. on, it's fucked up. I think it's all fucked up. I really wanted that rug. I'm sorry. It sounds really cool. I know. I was going to hang it on the wall. Oh, that would have been so, cool. So my babies couldn't get it. Oh, my God. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, <laughs> you got to keep that out of sight. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's all for today. We're at time. Um, thank you so much for joining us on Crime Talk BK, and we'll see you next week. Later days.